Okay. Good. We're done. I mean, we're starting. <laughs> so, the question I wanted to ask you that I was curious about was, why did we start doing this podcast? Partly because I thought it would be, and it's proven to be quite successful at this, um, actually making sure that I remember to talk to people while I'm like, yeah, I guess. And also because Hell's Infinite's awesome, and so like, why not? This is true. That was why like did, two reasons. Why did I get into this? Like, because you were like, oh, Hell of Internet, I love it, it's so great. And then you're like, podcast, yay, excited! <laughs> Just like you were about everything. I I mean, because I think that we actually like started conversing that day that I came in and said, "Have you heard of Hello Internet?" Well, yeah, but I I heard about it before you did. I know. It was funny because I've been listening to it for like since the very first episode, and then you came in like episode four, found it, and then we're like all super excited and talking about it. I'm like, uh, yeah, I already know about that. I know. I was behind the times. But it was just like, I just remember I came in and I asked you, Jacob, do you watch YouTube at all? Because I wanted to see if you knew who CGP Grey was, because I wanted to tell you that you might need them. But, um... That made me kind of happy. Yeah. Although now it makes me less happy. It does, because... The more I know about him, the more I'm like... "Mm." Oh. I don't know. I don't know. He's... Yeah. I mean... I don't know. Everyone's an individual. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a good thing. Yeah. You just look like him because you like animals. That's like a large part of it, honestly. CGP Grey likes animals, Jacob does not like animals. How can you not like animals? He doesn't like pets. Okay. 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 I'm going to show you some evidence that is like... Ugh. It's terrible. I can't tell if like the podcast is if the recording is breaking up, but if it's just you. It's just me. It's just you. Uh, yeah. 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 He's, yeah. He has a lot of problems when it comes to <laughs> feeding him. Eating him. Yeah. No, sorry. Is, is it your mom that also doesn't like pets? Oh, yes. Well, no one needs pets. It's just, like, okay, the thing is, like, you have to do almost as much work and a lot of times more work to take care of a pet as you do to take care of humans. And, like, pets are, like, extre- like a drain on society. <laughs> it's just, like, you don't contribute anything to my life! You contribute emotional things, which is why you don't understand. Also, they teach responsibility. See, if you had grown up with pets... But there's better ways to learn those things. You know, there's really not really, because the thing is, it's like, there's children and there's pets. And see, pets take a lot of work because they're like miniature children. Yeah, but they don't even ever produce anything. Like, at least children are like, eventually valuable. There, There is... Now, see, hang on, hang on. You have, you have three... Uh, emotionally attached people to to animals in this room. I will fight you. you. This is not going to fare well. I but, don't care. 
Um, have you learned not learned a single thing that I will just like blaze ahead no matter how difficult the circumstances? I know. I will stand my ground. I'm gonna stop talking about this right now because we did go for a whole hour just talking about the rewardingness of pets and how mm-hmm. cute they are and you how could. cuteness is actually a unit of measurement. And it has been proven that when you own animals, you're more sensitive to that unit of measurement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't feel this. That's a necessary part of my life. Something that you can gain from owning pets. But but why why do you desire that? Because it's a useful skill on the internet if you haven't noticed. <laughs> but the, the internet. I can't argue with a logicalness. No, it doesn't. I know, unfortunately, but CDP Gray lives on the internet, which is why he has the hashtag so fluffly. I'm gonna die because he has grown up on the internet now. That's but true. That's where we are. Now. So, but how can he be? Ah, uh, but see, it's just betraying himself too at the same time. Because it's is like he, is he, he is a mind of metal and wheels. It is not supposed to feel cuteness. He's <sighs> okay. Oh, CGP. You're not wearing your glasses. I have glasses on. Seriously, it's hard. CGP Gray is a YouTuber. By the way, did you watch that latest video? Yes. Isn't it amazing? Of course. Oh, it's a dog. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't even know. You are like really blind, aren't you? Brutalized wolf. I assumed it was a wolf, but it's not. It's It's a brutalized wolf. You can tell by the tail. It's down. Huskies have curly tails. Have down tails. Mmm. Getting our taxology here, are we? Have you seen a pug puppy? They have curly tails. Huskies are like permanent. So are huskies. Uh, huskies can, but it's a dominant gene in huskies. If it's a husky hybrid, it has a curly Maybe tail. It has a recessive mutation. It's a, it's a pup brutalized wolf. <laughs> in the name. You can't argue. I actually, well, the blog that's from, they're actually, um, part wolf. That one, I'm trying to remember. Cause like, they have, the person who owns them has a wolf dog and then a husky. And she, and she breeds them. Oh, but she keeps all of them. So they are ten. So how many dogs does she have now? I think it's six Anyways, moving on from the cuteness of animals and how they are necessary to our lives, um, which is an unnecessary topic for discussion. Would you, would you, Jacob, like to introduce our topic? Um. Well, you seem more excited about it, so maybe I should. <laughs> I am excited. I am excited ahead. to disprove this lie that you've manufactured. Why? No. It- <laughs> My goodness, Brady even talked about it, and like they was on her internet, and we were like they were agreeing, and like about, it was are you like. Are talking about the light bulbs? Are you talking about the light bulbs? The light bulbs. The light bulbs episode. Yes, I believe that was the one. Yeah. It's hard for me to remember at this point because it's, it's a been a lot. Different. It's a little different because the way that you termed what we're about to talk about, which you should just say the term. The life funnel. Why can't you say it? Like, are you feeling such like? I feel like you're gonna set me up for like not saying it on purpose, so you can like destroy my argument, which is not gonna happen because it's rock solid. The reason I wanted you to say it was because uh, Sarah, did you want that? No, okay, never mind. Wait, what? Oh, there's. I've just I've been talking to some people about the life funnel. Mm-hmm. And it's been difficult to explain when I start out with the life funnel and mm. what is that. So would you like to define in your own terms what the life funnel is? <sighs> Please. 
the light funnel is sort of just, it's really just a mathematical model because you just say as you have, like, every amount of time that you have has X number of possibilities and as you move forward and then define those possibilities into set realities the remaining set of possibilities both shrinks in the variability of possibilities and in the total range of possibilities. Sierra says it's still wrong. Would you like to... Because the number that's more significant is the actual things that you're capable of doing at any age. Because, yeah, I mean, currently we are... There's a lot oh, of options yeah. for yeah. us. But it's not like you're going to be like, I don't know... What do you define like, as capable of doing? Well, because, like, I mean, obviously we have a lot more forthcoming... Or, like, upcoming options currently and decisions to make. But it's not like we're going to be signing up for master's degrees and gradu- in doctoral programs at the same time. I mean, you have to, like, do... I mean, you can't do certain stuff oh, yes. until yes. you're older. So the yes. number of decisions you have to make per age interval or whatever is about the same. So yeah, but this isn't... That, I wasn't, that wasn't meaning about decisions. Well, hang on. If, if Sierra, if you had to put a um, mathematical model or shape to life, what shape would you call it? Uh, a rectangle? Because <laughs> that's what you were saying. Oh, it's plain. <laughs> It's like a, um, what would you call it? What would a sine wave in three space be? A gross looking function. What? Why would it look like that? Because it's like, well, I mean, it's got, okay, so maybe like a, like a sine wave with like, like a shallow it, amplitude. Let me pull up. Like, wait a second. So, wait, do you mean like how it has like bulbs all attached in like a line? Yeah, so like a, what would it, what did I say the other day? The life peapod. It's well, like, because sometimes, like that? sometimes you have less, but like, it's never really that far off the average. It's like what's gonna be for Halloween when you're young, there's so many options, but I mean, it gets smaller. So it's like, say, the function of a sine plus 1.5 rotated around the x-axis. Well, yeah, yeah, obviously degrees. I'm not talking about in terms of negative options. I'm talking in, like, <laughs> Negative <laughs> options. You are going backwards in time. <laughs> you need to unmake some decisions now. <laughs> well, now, see, oh, like, like, one of these? Because that's what it looks like. Like a ripple thing. See, now, I would say it's more like a vector field. Because each decision leads to another point from where... Okay, this is kind of getting extremely sidetracked from the original purpose of my analysis in Anyhow. Because how I originally even came up with this was not on my own. Because honestly, I'm not even sure if I think this is totally true. Although I think it's pretty accurate. Okay, so, so it's mostly something. Wait, 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 wait. Part is the number of options total, not actually the things you are capable of deciding at that moment. Oh no, my model says nothing about importance. Well, I mean, there has to be some sort of significance to it, or else. Well, yeah, but that comes with the analysis, not with the model itself. Well, then analyze your model. Tell us. <sighs> this is what we're talking about: the analysis of the model. Continue talking. Okay, but I'd just like to say, first of all, that the whole reason I came up with this is because 
Elena, you were talking about how you were getting all disappointed in how, as you move on with your life, the options for things for you to do decreases as you set yourself into other things. And so I came up with a model to describe that for you. I was never a huge part of the decision-making or thought processes behind the analysis of the model. I just was like, oh, look, this is what you want? This is how I describe it. Well, okay, fine. But I still think... We I'd just like to point that out. I mean, not that, like, that's... <laughs> okay. That needs to be set down as, like, groundwork. Okay. Alright. Well. So, Sierra still has some objections to... Well, now that I know it's based on your insatiable need for new experiences, well, you... Okay, so, like, at the end of you were looking at places to do your bachelor's. Three years from now, you're going to be looking at places to do your master's. So it's like, it's... It's not that you... So, yeah, you're not going to be making the same decision twice, but it's but, just new stuff is taking its place. Uh, but, so, so the other thing... I, I think there's a difference in communication on what we're trying to describe here, too, because what you're talking about is an, is describing like, sort of like time-specific decisions that are you are going to make. Sort of like, like you're saying, how you would like decide to go to, like you're not able to decide to say, get a job when you're like five. That's not an option. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I mean, it's still a decision you're gonna have to make someday, but it's not actually yeah. that has any like importance and, or significance. And, and, and so that's where, what oh, I was talking about is that po- probability at a certain time, it doesn't, like, the function doesn't just include the, like, decisions you're able to make at that point in time. It includes all the possibilities that your life from that point forward could include. So it's like, okay, so say you have, like, you're gonna set your range, you have, like, life from T equals zero to 100, because that makes it easy. And if you have 100 years, that's probably pretty good for you. And so it's like, each time, there's like a value of like P of T, which is like the pop, like the stuff that you're doing at that point. Um, I mean, this is really complicated, and it, like, it's not like obviously easily, you know, completely accurately represented without more work. But, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, I could do this. Um, no, no, yeah, but then, but then, the, what I am describing as the possibilities is really the sum of the values from, like, T is 100 to your current T. And so, like, as, I mean, and so obviously, I mean, that is almost saying that then, well, of course it's going to shrink because your time shrinks. So then your, like, multiplicative value is smaller. So I'm not really saying anything here. Okay, obvious model then, because it's like, okay. I know, yeah, exactly. It was never, I didn't put a whole lot of thought into this. Okay, okay, okay. So, to re-clarify, what you were modeling was the possibilities of life throughout time? Is that... Yes, yeah, so at a certain point, the value is defined by the possibilities that your future life could hold. So, as you move forward in time, because your amount of future life is shrinking, it naturally decreases the number of possibilities. Okay, so... (laughs) 
This is this is the model that you said was based off of my uh, not wanting to narrow my options, basically. Yeah. Do you? And that was just my explanation of well, you're gonna have to live with it because it's inevitable. That was like my answer to you. So you're talking about stuff that you will in the future be able to do, or stuff that you actually currently have to make a decision on. In the future, be able to do. We were not, I mean, yeah, so, like, if you want to talk about, like, current decision stuff, well, that's completely different. Well, but see, okay, hang on, because from my perspective, it was any current decision can affect any future decision. However, mm-hmm. that in itself is a bit too pessimistic and narrow-minded, I think, because... No, no, because, that, but that's the same sort of thing, is that, so that average decision that you're making, oh, I mean, I guess with the affecting it, yeah, because it's sort of like... And this is where, you know, it's just useful to, like, use it as understanding that your overall possibilities, no matter what decision you make, are going to decrease. But the thing is, is that so the decisions that you do make at those points, though, are determining what is going to start being, like, eliminated from that realm of possibilities. However, at any point in life, up until a certain point, there are still options to completely change the path you're on. So, I mean... But only to a certain extent, because you only have a certain amount of time left. I mean, if you're like 50, and you decide, oh, I want to become a quantum physicist, well, now you only have like 50 years of your life to become a quantum physicist, rather than say you decide when you're 12, and then you have 88 years of your life. To become a great quantum physicist. Actually, my friend Kaylee decided when she was about 12 that she wanted to be a quantum physicist. Um, So you're more... So, Elena, you're more focusing on the ability to change a course instead of just making general decisions that are not really related to one another. I think so, because to take it away from the mathematical model and bring it back around to more real life. Um, <laughs> I'm really great. Math is real life. Capacity and, oh my like, god. Equilibrium consonants. But I don't know if you've gotten to that point in Gen Chem. Wait, what? Ooh, continue. Yeah, I want to hear that. Okay, so, like, are you talking, like, pH? Or... Well, no, no? Like, oh my gosh, Elena, you really know nothing. Hmm? You know nothing about equilibrium chemistry. No, I don't. Go on. Because <laughs> well, what I thought you were originally referring to was just decisions as though they were not related to each other. Uh. So what I thought would be a better model was more of, like, you make a decision, so you're kind of like, maybe you're... How do I put this? So, like, okay, let's say... Like, it's a simple harmonic motion acid, system. And you're adding, like, um, sodium hydroxide to it, and that's yeah. taking up some of the weak acid and turning it into its conjugate base. But then because it's a buffer... It gets turned, part of that gets turned back into a, into an acid. Oh, And so that's, ooh, yeah. so ooh, it's ooh. not like you're making the decision again, it's just that it's getting replaced by another decision that's similar. So sort of the whole, like, choosing ba- a bachelor program, and then a few years later choosing a master's degree, and then later on maybe a doctorate and postdoc. Yeah, yeah. okay, so see, so what your model is doing, so see, you can combine this, because... It's sort of it's like, uh, I guess maybe, maybe, maybe this might be, this might be. anyhow, but it makes me think, because actually doing oscillatory motion in different equations is really fun, but, side point, because uh, that's sort of like, you can model like reactions like that as oscillatory motion, you know, because you make a change and then it like swings around, you know, and, you know, obviously the easiest way to think about it is like, 
some sort of like moving particle, and then if it's in some sort of substance, then it has sort of some sort of decreasing potential value based on its like rate of change. Mm-hmm. And so that's sort of similar again to like the buffer, because like if you're moving it and then you move it again, and then you're always getting sort of closer to that equilibrium position. You know what? You so know what it's of? sort of like a, and then so that's where it sort of ties in because what I was really doing then is like what I was thinking of is just taking like so or the maximums and minimums and lining them all up. And if you make a graph like that, it's just like it's shrinking, you know, just decreasing. Sort of like. No, no, no. So hang on. So right now, both of these models, in my mind, <laughs> you've translated it into physics. You're talking pure math here, Jacob. I'm sorry, chemistry. I just said physics because my mind is now on physics. I'm thinking about astronomy. It's all the same thing. And how? Why not have multiple like models for this? Because I mean, we have multiple models for light because it travels in rays. Exactly, but I mean, like, there's a combined a ray, model. A particle or a wave, and like you were just saying, if you line up those waves, they can cancel each other out. And I, I've kind of lost track on. Wait, how this I was not saying that. <laughs> Um, buffer capacity, because after you reach a certain point, like, uh-huh. a buffer breaks and the pH jumps and it's no longer a buffer anymore, so that's kind of what you were saying, where at a certain point you can't really change the course that you're on and mm-hmm. the number of options narrow down. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what it is. So up to a point, you, you sort of, like, you make a decision and it's sort of easy to go back onto it because you're in that buffer zone and the pH isn't changing that much because of chemical equilibrium, mm-hmm. which isn't important, but remember that, you have to take <laughs> chemistry. <laughs> but then, yeah, once the buffer, well, yeah, once the buffer breaks, it's like, you can't really go back from that. Unless you, like, douse it in, like, hydrogen chloride. But you just have to add more of your limiting substances. Yeah, you have to douse yourself in six molar HCl. <laughs> Are you doing organic chemistry right now? Huh? Are you doing organic chemistry? I'm in analytical because organic oh, okay. chemistry is taken up by seniors who didn't do it when they were supposed to. <laughs> Losers. Is oh, it analytical fun? Um, I like it because it's a lot of numbers. But I also don't like it because my chemistry teacher is a brony. But that's oh. a completely different story. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Um, yes, yes I'm kind of, I don't know, yeah. Thermodynamical chemistry is kind of fun. But there's no experimentation, so it's not exactly that exciting. Yeah, I'm doing thermodynamic chemistry. That sounds a lot more exciting. Not really. <laughs> Honestly, it's funny because, like, every couple of weeks, we'll be learning something and we'll be like, wait a second. I already know this. <laughs> From doing some stuff before, like Gibbs free energy and stuff. Mm-hmm. But we're calculating it at like a different level than we ever did. So. Yeah. Analytical chemistry is literally just doing the uncertainty of all the uh, experiments that we did in Gen Chem. Oh my goodness. So it's like you're doing titrations, which mm. I've done like 50 mm-hmm. so far this quarter. But then it's like, yeah. okay, so it seems like the molarity is this. Or... <laughs> oh, but see, oh yeah, it's brilliant. That's like the chemistry I like. Oh yeah, it's yeah. really cool because it mm. can be more exact, but mm-hmm. it's also super annoying at times. It, it, yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, it's kind of funny because in some of my lab reports, I almost ended up doing similar things, but not based on like the reaction properties, but based on like our, my own experimental error. I carried it out and made like little, like, distribution intervals uh, based on, like, uh, your standard deviation values that would be probable for, you know, different sources of this kind of thing. I can't do this. 
Oh, what do you mean you can't do this? standard deviation in your formal lab reports. It always finds you confidence intervals across all the analytical chemists. Are there any? <laughs> okay, but it's easy. God, it's so easy to change standard deviation into like a confidence interval. Yeah, you just times it by your. I know. Yeah, exactly. It's, I mean, honestly, yeah, it's like the same thing. Just chill, people. I did not say kill people. I said just chill. Exactly. That is exactly what I said. Not just kill people. Although that works, I have to say. Sometimes that works. Oh goodness. Okay. If I may if I may um bring this back around yes. to the the initiation of this whole conversation. Um I believe we were talking about life and life choices. Mm-hmm. So if you don't mind going a bit more broad with the whole conversation about life choices and if we stop trying to model it because No, yeah. I mean it's life. And but see, models help us understand life. Describing life. That's what we do. A wheel that I've heard described as, and I think that's rather simplistic, but so are all models of life because life is not simple. So Yes, but the wheel anyways, is especially simplistic. Back to the whole thing. And doesn't so, really expand your horizons. Okay. So I The whole point of a model is to be able to see things from a new angle. Right, stop trying to model life. Stop it. I'm not. I'm just explaining why models are beautiful. They are. What do we have to say about life choices? So, okay, I'm curious. Um, Sarah, do you want to describe uh, real quickly the uh, archaeology to uh, anthropology to forensic anthropology to forensics to biochem? Yeah. And then there was a traumatic experience at the, <laughs> at the, at the dinosaur room at <laughs> science center in there. So, when you become a biochemist... Hopefully. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Do you plan to recreate Jurassic Park by bringing back the dinosaurs Do we? their DNA? And then we can visit you. See, no, I can predict it, though, because you started with dinosaurs. Did you see that review of Gone Girl by the guy who only watches Jurassic yes. Park? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was pretty good. Um, yeah. So, but, like, do you have a picture of where you want your life to go? Not really. Just biochemist. Okay. And okay. And then, do you anticipate any more huge changes in your path that you're like that you would decide on? Like, if you found something suddenly better than biochemistry, I was considering marine uh, ecology. Really? I'm not sure about that. Well, I mean, there's a lot of overlap in the majors, so I wouldn't actually have to do anything except for redeclare my major. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Once I get by, once I get past, like, organic chemistry that I'd have to decide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, Jacob. Mm-hmm. You're doing materials engineering? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Do you, it's like do you, the field of everything. Do you kind of know what you're going to do? No, no, and that's, that's why I chose you. <laughs> because it's, it's like, like, the best, best version of everything. everything. How so? Because... because you can, like, no matter what you're doing, you need to make, like, if you're making something, you're making it out of some sort of material. And so, being able to understand that is material science. And that's cool. And how long have you wanted to do what you want Yeah, so I guess this is, this is actually, this is pretty good. So, 
it, yeah, so I mean, I am, yeah, I mean, I've been known that I'm probably gonna do, at least to a certain extent, engineering, since I was like, probably two. Yeah. <laughs> since you could think coherently, you wanted to do engineering. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but then, but then, so, for pretty much, from then when I was like, six, Till then I was like, a sophomore, I wanted to do aerospace engineering, because planes are awesome. But besides, point is, you can do lots of things. You can make rockets, you can make rocket engines, you can do whatever you want, you can make things fly and shoot and explode and bang and... Yeah, it's cool. Anyhow, but I decided that that was not for me, because I was like, mm. Especially because I really, really, really like doing chemistry, and aerospace really does not have hardly any chemistry at all. Like, you don't have to take any chemical classes to do aerospace engineering. So I was like, well, that's out the window. And then I was like, well, I don't want to be a chemical engineer because... on it, I mean, in a way, part of the original thinking was that I know too many people who are chemical engineers, so I shouldn't do that. Like, that wasn't originally part of it. Like, from, like... So I was like, ah, oh, I should find something else to do because chemical engineering is just, like, too mainstream. <laughs> in a way. But... At least at the beginning. So, but then, as, like, looking more into stuff, the other thing was, it's like, I originally was thinking, like, like, there's lots of, like, nanotechnology stuff that's really cool, and I was like, oh, maybe I could do something with that, and then that's all materials-based, and then as I looked at, like, more cool stuff, I was like, wait a second, everything is materials-based. It's, like, the key to, like, the world. Because you can, like, do anything. And that's, 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 yeah. And that's, like, that's why I pick it. And that's why I want to do it. Is because how, like, the materials work and they interact and do things and how you make it and, like, how you can change the way you make it and the different materials that you're combining to create different properties and do crazy things that you want them to do. You can just do anything. And the other reason is because I really, I like chemistry, but I like hate organics. Organics is not my friend. So I don't want to, that's another reason not to do chemistry, is because then I don't take OCHEM. And that's like a plus in everyone's book. From, I mean, now that I know more about it, too, I definitely, like, as I, that was like my original thinking. And now I'm like, I don't know, I definitely feel, definitely know that that's what I want to do, because... Again, partly because there's so many different things that I can do with it, but... And that's where, you know, I part of it is I want to be able to take classes on, well, what are, like, interacting with materials like, and, like, how do different materials work, and, like, what do I think is interesting about different materials? Because, if we're honest, like, we don't really have any idea of what really materials do. <laughs> what are you defining materials as? Because I'm assuming it's not just general matter. Yeah, and so this is where it's actually, this is one thing that I talk about, and I, I was looked at a lot, to me, kind of a while to figure it out, but it's it's kind of interesting in a sense of, it's kind of a weird conceptual thing, where a lot of times, you know, we expect something that is, like, a complicated distinction, like, so, between, like, chemical engineering and materials engineering, like, if you think about it, like, at a base level, well, they're really the same thing, because you're, like, rearranging atoms, you know, so it's... I, I guess so, I guess it would be, it would make sense, in a way, to be like, oh, well, there's probably some, 
you know, complicated definition uh, or explanation of how they are distinctly different. And maybe there is that I just don't know yet. But honestly, just the easiest way to do it is like, when you just automatically think of something, when you think of a chemical, you're thinking of something that is generally either a gas or a liquid. And when you think of something that's a material, it's something that's a solid. And like, that right there, that's almost, you can almost sum up the difference in that. Uh, the other thing I think is a little bit different is because, so like with materials, you're not really, it's more of like, I think a, a large part of it is figuring out like, you either using single materials to like create objects out of those materials, which like that doesn't make sense in a chemical sense really, because you can't like take a chemical and like make something out of it really, like you can with like steel. You know, you take some steel and make something out of it. You want to be blacksmith? Yeah, I mean, especially with doing metallurgy here. Is yeah, you're trying to make me a sword, right? No. Or battle axe. I think I don't. I don't think I can make anything that big, but I'll see. Make a miniature one. If you actually want me to make a miniature one, that'd be really easy. Do it. Okay. Okay. What do you want? Sword, battle axe. Yes, Send me, like, a 3D diagram of what you want. I don't know how to make one. You don't know how to CAD? No! <laughs> I'm joking! It was a joke. It was a joke. <laughs> I, of course you don't know how to CAD. It's fine. Such low expectations of you. Uh, well, you're not an engineer. I don't expect anything of you. <laughs> but, I mean, honestly, too, as I, you know, do more, it's, it's interesting because I'm not... I'm not totally sure how much of engineering versus, like, science stuff I want to do, which is, you know, that's the kind of another reason to do materials is because you can just, like, do research. And you can just do, like, just apply it to engineering problems. And, like, and there's, like, all sorts of, like, in-between where you're, like, developing some new stuff to solve an engineering problem and, like, all sorts of different things like that where I really like that because, I don't know, engineering is cool, but... Science is pretty awesome. And that's one thing I think is, it's kind of interesting too though because most people don't think about the difference between like science and engineering. They're like, oh, science is engineering. But no, no. Very so, different. Do you, do you feel at all like limited by your options then? No, but see that's, and see this is where part of it is honestly like I was, I mean, you know, it's the thing where, and I think this is where it comes into the important part of really understanding this, is it's it's not really about even, like, the actual... It's more about choosing to limit yourself of certain possibilities so that you can increase the value of, of the possibilities that you want to pursue. Sort of. If that makes sense. So I guess it's like, I mean, let's say, like, I'm not gonna do philosophy. Why not? Because it's stupid. I just, and I don't want to. I mean, and so, but, and I think at this point it would be extremely hard for me to, like, all of a sudden be like, oh, I'm gonna do philosophy. You know, I'd have to change so much. 
But so it's sort of like that possibility is like slowly training away as I progress further into my like current decision path. That's it. That's what I don't like. But see, no. But to me, I I enjoy that because the thing is, while at the same time there's a the and this is the thing to be able to pursue something in a dedicated, directed, and then making that like a valuable experience of pursuing that as a path and so like a career like say like what i'm doing like because by doing it more extensively then you have like you have more options within that opportunity field but you have to sort of give up a larger range of potential but lesser possibilities but see like how do you decide which one is lesser and which one is greater follow your heart you, you are not allowed. <laughs> I know, I'm not allowed to say that. I'm not allowed to say that. Me of all people, why would I say that? No, follow your brain. But, but still... No, 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 but see, that's why, it's like, you're just... What do you... I mean, it's a hard question, but it's sort of like, what do, what do you like to do? And then you're just like, I like to do these sorts of things. And then you just sort of keep progressing, and you're... You just like... Don't worry too much about trying to make it so much of a conscious decision. Just sort of like explore the options and then just do stuff and you'll sort of naturally, I think, tend towards, you'll find that you're doing something more than you're doing the other things because you like it more. And it's almost a subconscious response and you're like, and you're, and then that's sort of like your, a trigger to yourself that you're like, oh, I like doing this because I'm like thinking about it a lot or I'm like doing a lot of things with it and I'm really enjoying it or it like makes me happy or, you know, any of these, you know, there's lots of different things that you can respond to that then make it that you're like, oh, that's, that's good. I, that sounds like a good thing to do. And then so you just pursue that because then once, when you do that, you're, giving yourself more options within that direction in which you're going. And so I think I think this ties into like more with what Sierra was saying because like Sierra was talking about how like with decisions you like make a certain decision and then because you've made that decision then you have new and different decisions that you can make because you made that decision previously. Mm-hmm. And so and that's but see and that's what it is. It's so cool and I just think that when you make those decisions you end up giving away more decisions than you gain Mm -hmm. just because your overall decision pool has to decrease because naturally there's like less options because there's less time and so that's where that's where i was coming at that from and so it's really interesting but to me this sort of thing is not it's like i know for you you're like you don't like it and it kind of scares you because you're like, oh no, I have to like make decisions and do things and like limit my life. Mm-hmm. But sort of by doing that with a specific purpose, you're able to expand your options in what you're really interested in. And so that's where that, I guess, it's a mindset sort of thing too. Mm-hmm. Where to me, although I know that my total possibilities are decreasing, the possibilities that I want to do are increasing. And that's why it's fun. And that's why it's exciting. Because I, like I was just saying, I don't ever want to do psychology. Oh wait, I said philosophy. Either one. I don't want to do either one. Yeah. 
so so I'm um, so even though I'm blocked, like as I go forward, I'm completely blocking those options off to myself. Mm-hmm. I am do I could care like I do not care at all. It does not bother me in the slightest that I'm doing that, and it's it's good because in a way it's like I'm tr- I see it as I'm trading those to get more options in doing all these other cool things that I would actually want to do. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So do you have anything more to say? I just, I just want to say that when you just defined kind of more of how, how, like, you naturally have to kind of find what you do mm-hmm. just by pursuing your interests, that just, it made a lot of sense. Because, <laughs> I don't know, I think, yeah, because I have been thinking about it like, uh, like it's some kind of big decision that I have to like, put a lot of thought into and, like, make, and then once I make that decision, I feel like I won't be able to, like, kind of go back. Well, yeah, and then... But just, like, what you were saying, though, about just, you know, not, like, the whole... (laughs) In a way, the whole... Oh, God, I hate saying follow your heart. It's not follow your heart, but, (laughs) like, just follow your interests and then see where... Intuition. Yeah, your your intuition, it makes so much more sense because that's how I naturally do it anyways. Mm -hmm. And I think I've just been trying to, like, force my brain into thinking about it in a way that is not Yeah. And, and so as a prac, like, as a practical application of this almost, I think, and this is one thing that sometimes I try to do, I, at this point I don't really do it consciously because I'm used to doing it, so I do it a lot naturally. But, uh, is that I, while you were talking, yeah, how you're talking about trying to really think about and really, um, sort of almost really stress over the minutia and details of this decision or that decision or stuff, that I guess, I think the best way to end up making a decision like that is to just think about all the things in general, and then your brain naturally will start, like, honing in and thinking about certain things more than others, just because, well, that's how we work. You know, there are certain things that interest us naturally more than other things, and we're like, oh, I want to know more about that. So then we go, like, do, and, like, just letting yourself think about stuff like that will, like, let your brain just work and do what it does best and just find the stuff that you enjoy and do, and then... Yeah, and then and then you're like, after you progress a while, you're like, oh, I really like doing this, and you just like know because you've been doing it. Mm-hmm. But the way to get there is to just like let your brain free, just let it like <laughs> wander the fields of knowledge. <laughs> just let it loose. That's great. Now that sounded way too psychology, so I'm gonna step away now. <laughs> I don't care. I just want to say now that Jacob. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you were trying to, like, be comforting, but I have been I comforted by you just explaining things. That's good, though. I think, I mean, that's, like, a good goal, even yeah. though that wasn't, like, yeah. Yeah. It I wasn't a direct, really like, purpose of mine, but I knew that it was a probable <laughs> side effect. <laughs> well, I'm glad you took that into account, then. Well, I didn't take it into account. I was like, oh, look at that. Well, <laughs> no, no, I mean, I guess, I, yeah, I mean, yeah. It was subconscious. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Hopefully yeah. I can edit this one faster so we can actually, like, share this, like, comforting knowledge with other people. There you go, yes. There you go. 
And then you just have so much free time. Yep. Oh, I mean, it's probably because, like, it's really easy living on campus and just going to get... I mean, like, there's not any real, like, into, like, tasks that I have besides schooling. I mean, I have to, like, take care of my hygiene. Yeah. And occasionally wash <laughs> my clothes. It doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, oh, I was actually... Because on the... So, I, I, I was pretty sure... Because, like... It's actually interesting. I met actually one person that I have talked to some I know, and they're actually here at the mines, and they're going to be doing they're doing biochem. Ooh. Yeah, they're not having very much fun doing biochem right now. Oh. They're not. Why does no one have fun with biochem? I'm so because well, I mean, if you're an organic chemist, that's cool. You get to do cool stuff because. But I feel like even organic chemists don't like organic chemistry as a class. Because, like, it's organic chemistry, the class, is the least fun part of being an organic chemist. I think it's partly because, like, there's lots of memorization you have to do, and everything is very similar, but yet extremely importantly different at the same time. And minutial details make enormous differences when you're talking about atomic levels. And so, like, it's really hard to keep track of it all. Mm. And that makes it frustrating. And because a lot of it doesn't, like, again, like all chemistry, but organic chemistry really gets into the fact of you have rules that apply to, like, half of the situations. And if that's, like, a really great rule, you're like, oh, it applies to half the situations? That's, like, firm and solid. Most rules are like, oh, it applies to, like, 10% of the situations, and there's not really a great way to determine the ones it does apply to, but if you know the ones it applies to, well, then it's kind of helpful, but only slightly. But if you use some of the other ones, well, you're completely screwed over, and so you should never do that. But we're not, like, there's not a really good way to determine which ones it is and isn't. You just sort of have to, like, know. And, like, that right there, that is lots of, lots of chemistry, and that's why people don't like doing chemistry. But I'm like, oh yes, it's brilliant because you can like change little tiny things and it like makes big changes. But again, organics, I don't like that. <laughs> living things. Ugh. Living objects. You feel overly adequate. I need to find a way to bring you down. <laughs>